0: Well, good morning, Dawn. Good morning. <laughs> is this the first time you've worn real pants, like me, this morning? Yeah, uh, buttoning my jeans was a little, uh, <laughs> little tight. Um, but I, uh, I'm glad to be here and I'm excited. So th- this morning we're kind of doing a different sermon. You may feel like you're watching Jen Hatmaker right now, which is the I feel like that is the best compliment the ever. The Reagan Gilliland show. I, yes, I'm, I'm channeling uh, my inner Jen Hatmaker. <laughs> But today we're, we're talking really about grief, which I know it's kind of, oh, this is not what you really wanna to come to church for. You wanna feel inspired and encouraged, which I think you still will be. But I think it's a really important subject. So first of all, if you don't know Dawn, Dawn is an incredible pastor. She came to us, I guess it's been almost two, two years, too. two years in July. And she has such a heart um, for helping people um, Go through grief and recovery and all kinds of things. She has such a pastor's heart. And so I thought inviting her to talk about grief was very, very smart. And um, so I'm excited to hear about her experience and um, just what she knows and how she wants to help us all through this experience because really, kind of what we're going through is grief right now. And it's hard to name that, but I think it's something that's really important. And so, Don, let's go ahead and get right into it. So, I feel really exhausted right now. Like I am very surprised about um, when I go to bed, I just, I cannot wait to fall into bed. And it's not because I'm not sleeping through the night because of a baby. Uh, And then I wake up, like I feel like I've been hit by a freight train almost every day. So talk about what is grief um, how does it manifest in our body? How do we react to it when we're carrying or are experiencing grief?
1: Yes. Well, you just described a perfect scenario. We're exhausted. It drains our energy. Um, we don't realize it's almost like a we're a computer and it's a background program running all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially as we're going through this corona grief, uh, some people have called it. Uh, But yes, it manifests in your body in a lot of different ways. I think we're holistic and it starts in our brain. And a lot of people in grief uh, describe having that fuzzy feeling or just not being able to operate on all cylinders like they usually can. Uh, But it'll also give you uh, body tension in different places. Yes. In fact, I was just thinking as we're all doing this, we should probably all just take a few deep breaths (laughs) because I think that's another thing, we forget to breathe and we hold our breath And we just, we'd breathe shallowly. And um, so I think we just really need to pay extra attention to our self-care. When we're going through times like this you know make sure we're uh taking care of our immune systems taking extra vitamin c Mm -hmm. getting out into nature doing fun things um but we really have to just kind of take care of ourselves and that's that's one of the main things i think as we look back on this years from now we may say to ourselves oh i wish i'd taken better care of myself because that was exhausting we don't sometimes realize it till it's over
0: right yeah Mm -hmm. i know that i have um i have felt it in my back you know Mm -hmm. because i tense up um again just that exhaustion and I mean, if I'm being honest, it's, um, I know many of us are probably feeling like we're a little bit more short with our- yes. <laughs> People in our house. Irritation Irritation. Um, sleep, you sleep. don't sleep as yeah. well.
1: Even if you're sleeping a long time, if you ever you know, track yourself on your watch and see how many REM cycles you're yeah. getting and your deep sleep, that's probably disturbed. You might be having some bad dreams right now. Okay. That is all totally normal.
0: Okay. Yeah. So sometimes it helps people just to know that's normal. Okay, no, that, that is helpful. And so I think, I don't know, maybe you have found this in your experience that sometimes we're, we're hesitant to name something as grief. Why, why do people fear that word, I guess?
1: Well, it's kind of scary because usually <laughs> grief you think about death. Mm-hmm. and we live in a death-denying society. We don't want to think about death. We don't want to think we could ever die, that anybody in our family could die. But I think as Christians, it's real important for us to realize that, hey, we're going to die someday, but it's okay. It's mm-hmm. always going to be okay. And once we confront that fear of death, I think it can really help us a lot with the smaller griefs. But, you know, grief, the, really the definition of it is it's just um, the way we normally react to any kind of change in our life okay so that doesn't have to be a physical death it can be just you're grieving a little bit that you can't get out and do the things you used to do or see the friends you used to I know a lot of uh, high school seniors and uh, college seniors are grieving that they won't be able to graduate and they're missing the last part of their senior years yeah or we've got brides grieving that their dream wedding has been put on hold yeah Uh, And I think one of the saddest ones are people going through actual death of a loved one and can't do a funeral. So we had a situation in our church just this last week where um, a widow asked me if I'd come over and just do a little prayer service for them with the family because they needed some kind of closure before they can do the big public funeral. So I think we just have to pay a little extra attention to those things right now and realize that grief is just the way we
0: react to change in our life, especially change we don't want. Right, so probably, I mean, um, those that have kids, our kids are probably acting differently. Yes. Obviously, they're they're experiencing grief. The whole not seeing their friends or their teacher or um, I mean, I, for some reason, I just can't get high school seniors out of my head. I just right. feel so bad. They're you know they're not having prom, they're not having graduation, um, or little kids that have had to cancel birthday parties. Right. You know, we think. I mean, those are major things uh-huh. in in our young people's lives, and I think. They're just hurting, and they're sad, and sometimes they don't know how to express it. Yes, um, and so probably talking with our kids, which we'll, we'll, we'll talk about in a little bit, but. Yeah. But routines,
1: routines are disrupted. Yeah, And we think about how much it bothers us when our <laughs> routines are disrupted. And we understand why. They don't yeah. understand why. So they've got that extra little thing on top of things. Mm-hmm. And they think it's going to be this way forever. Yeah. And I think that's another problem with grief is people going through it usually tend to think, oh, I'm going to feel this bad forever. Mm-hmm. And we have to keep reminding ourselves, no, we don't. We're going through a little tunnel right now. Think of it as a tunnel. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> it's not the train. <laughs> We're yeah. going to make it. We have to almost keep cheering ourselves up like that. And yeah. I've had people in my grief groups and stuff that will go out and buy them like a Wonder Woman t-shirt or a Batman t-shirt yeah. just to kind of cheer themselves up and realize, you know, I'm strong. I'm going to make it through this. Oh, okay. And I think anything we can do to encourage
0: ourselves and our kids that way is really good. Yeah. So go on Amazon. And yes. Get you and, a superhero t-shirt. Yeah. Don't go out and buy something in order have it <laughs> sent to you. Um, That's right. But I like that. I like that. It is funny but if you have something that makes you feel empowered. It does yes. change your you know, if you think good thoughts, sometimes it, it gives you that encouragement. Right. And you can reframe things. Yeah.
1: You know, you can think, oh, I'm stuck at home. I can't do anything. Or you can think, wow, I can finally get some of those projects done around here that, that I heard somebody say the other day, you know how you're always saying you, you'll do it when you get a round to it? Uh-huh. And there's a joke about a round to it. You know, somebody made a, a thing that said round to it. And yeah. Here's your round to it. I thought a lot of us are getting our round to its right now. Yeah. All those little projects that we thought we'd never have time for. Okay, maybe we can do those maybe now. we can do so it. So we can reframe some of
0: this also. I think that helps. Yeah. I feel like, um, so yesterday, Scott and I finally put our Christmas decorations that have been sitting in our attic since, (laughs) or sitting in our garage, we finally put them in our our attic. Um, That's a good feeling. It is a good feeling. Like when you, I have found that, so I just need to get up and see that I've accomplished something. Yes. You know, that helps me get me out of when I'm starting to feel down, like, okay, let me see. Because I know in some people's um, professions, like for instance ours, sometimes we don't see that like. We've completed something, it's just always ongoing. So it's nice to do kind of like manual labor and say like, oh, I did this, I accomplished something. That's why I love to-do lists. It's like clean out the fireplace, that's on mine. I'm gonna clean out the
1: fireplace Uh because I think I've had my last fire of the year. (laughs) Things like that. I think so, I think you're good. Yes, Um, I think so.
0: (laughs) Okay, so what is the worst thing we can do with our grief? Oh, easy answer, repress it, ignore it, try to numb it,
1: Uh, don't acknowledge it. Uh, That's what I worry about the people, you know, uh, especially like if somebody's at a funeral and they'll say, oh, how's the widow doing or whatever? And they'll say, oh, she's doing great. She's laughing. She's talking to people. Those are the people I worry about, Mm. the people that repress it. I want to see somebody crying. And we need to reframe this thing about crying. Crying is great. I am proud to admit that I have cried twice since the coronavirus thing came. Yeah, (laughs) And they were nice cleansing cries. You know, they've done studies that show that the tears we shed when we're grieving are actually different than the tears that we shed like when we're chopping an onion. They have toxins in them. Okay. So every time we cry, we're getting things out of Mm -hmm. our bodies. Hmm. And so, yeah, and I even tell people who have trouble crying, go watch a sad movie. (laughs) You know, Steel Magnolias, Terms of Endearment. There's certain movies that If you can get through that without crying, you're not human. (laughs) (laughs) So I suggest that. And just have you a good old cry and enjoy it. And then you feel better afterwards. Okay. Then talk about it. Anything to get it out of you. The worst thing is just to repress it and try to keep tamping it down.
0: Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Okay. So this question kind of goes back to having, if you have kids or maybe you've got someone in your house that maybe has anxiety or, you know, whatever. But um, how can we be brave for those people around us that maybe look to us to be strong, but also not repressing and still showing our emotions. Like, how can we balance that? What should we be doing for those people? Right.
1: Well, I think we have to be real. We have to admit that, yeah, we struggle with those same emotions too. Yet, and it's almost like, uh, I think about the Psalms. You know, the Psalmists were always saying, oh God, where are you? And I'm, I'm crying and I'm, you know, I feel like you're not there. And they're expressing anger and all this. But then at the end, they always say, Yet I will trust you. Hmm. You know, and I think that's what makes Christians different. It's like we have all the same emotions as everybody else, but uh, like Paul said, we grieve, but not as those who have no hope. Okay. Because we have hope. We know where we're going. We know that one day the world is not going to be broken. We're going to be living in a, in a new paradise that uh, has no more tears and no more crying. So we can look forward to our ultimate destination in heaven, mm-hmm. I think. And then also just knowing that God's brought us through other things in life. You know, like we just sang, Great is Thy Faithfulness. We can look back at times in our life that God's brought us through. And I think with, when we talk to our kids, we can remind them, you know, remember when your turtle died or whatever and you cried and it was yeah. so sad, but then after after a while you felt better and you know we can kind of give them that adult perspective that yeah this is normal the mm-hmm. worst thing we can do as parents is to tell our kids oh stop crying it's not mm-hmm. that big a deal or minimize their feelings yeah you know we need to just go with their feelings with them and oh i'm sorry you're feeling sad i know you do all this because you're such a great mom but i'm just affirming <laughs> I know, what, you're what you're already doing <laughs> <laughs> so yeah acknowledge their feelings but also don't let them stay there let them know that um we don't have to just be sad all the time. And I think that brings up another great point. People think you're either sad or you're happy. And it's hmm. like this dualistic thing. Yeah, It's really not. Joy and sorrow are so intertwined. Um, Khalil Jaran said... Um, uh, joy and sorrow are not opposites. The deeper your sorrow cars into your built, uh, being, the more joy you can contain. Hmm. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. And, yeah. and when we're crying because we've lost somebody, we can also have joy that they were in our lives at all. Yeah. So it's kind of
0: how we look at it. I think. Oh no, that's good. That's really really good. <laughs> um, so I know. So. I'm a two on the Enneagram. Oh, me what too. Are, you're two. Okay, I figured I you were. Am so two. If you don't know what Enneagram <laughs> is, uh, now's a great time. Yes, it'll help you. <laughs> read a book about it, The Road Back to You by Suzanne Stabile. Especially if you're a six, because if you're a six, you're really freaking out right now. Okay. So <laughs> um, but I think it's, I mean, it's just a good tool. But being a two, one of our things that uh, is a big marker is that we feel everyone's kind of pain and, yes. and all of that. And so I know oh. that I'm, I'm feeling that. And I know as we've been... Calling and and checking in on all of you, you know we're hearing a lot of hardship right oh, now, I know. and it's it is really overwhelming. So I know for me, um, I think that's one reason I'm t- I'm tired, just because I feel like I'm carrying a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But I just acknowledge to everyone, I just have grief for people that are, are going through through things, and so um, those intense feelings. So how do we how do we carry the grief of others? How do we um, How do we, I don't know, have that empathy without letting us, like, overtake us and making us just feel so overwhelmed, I guess?
1: Yes, you are speaking my language because, um, so empathetic, so many sad things going on right now, but... To be a pastor or to just be a caring person, especially if we're two, we have to have boundaries. One word: boundaries. <laughs> so important. I tell just about every person I come across. You need to read the book Boundaries by Henry Cloud. Yeah. Or at least, if you don't want to read it, go on and watch some of his YouTube videos or something, because he talks about what we're responsible for and what other people are responsible for. And uh, one of the the examples that helped me the most is uh, imagine when you go to a movie and you're in like an action movie and it's like something like Raiders of the Lost Ark or something, you know, you're you're feeling every feeling with him, yeah. and that rock's rolling along, and you know you are in that movie okay. and feeling it all, right? But then when the movie's over and you walk out of the theater, you're back to your boring life, <laughs>
0: <laughs> or whatever. Mine's pretty cool. No, no, no yours is pretty. Boring. We're back to our life, but yeah. maybe not
1: getting chased by rocks. Yeah. Uh, but then we have to make that boundary and say, okay. I was there, I was present, I yeah. was with that person. I cried with them, I felt their pain, but now I'm back to my life. And it's okay to put up a boundary there. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean I don't care. That means I'm taking care of myself. Yep. Another um, example people use all the time is on the airplane when the, the oxygen comes down, yeah. you've gotta do your own oxygen first or you're gonna be no use to huh. your kid. And every parent wants to put it on their kid first. Sure. But I think especially as twos, we wanna do that. We wanna help want to everybody. Everyone. Yes. And then we forget (laughs) to help ourselves. Yes. And we got to love ourselves too. That's another thing. Jesus said, love others as you love yourself. Yeah. Now I hear in that we're supposed to love ourselves too. Yeah. Because we can't love others unless we love ourselves. For sure. So I think
0: boundaries is the key there. Okay. I do feel like, um, I know as I've been hearing things that are happening to people, you know, I I, I want to help and there's a lot of things I, I can't physically do. Like I can't make you keep your job like if your job you know like even though I want to call your boss and be like look you don't need to let right. them go, you know um but I think it has inspired me okay what can I do yes and so I've been really encouraged by seeing people like okay I can't help you but maybe in this way I can help you or it's mm-hmm. inspired me to do this and so how does kind of doing something help maybe the grief or help you not be over by it, I guess. Well, what I think can- you need to decide what is mine to do. Okay, you know, mine is to be like
1: I remember when my dad was dying. I I was 500 miles away. My sisters were taking great care of him. One of them moved him into her house and was feeding him and giving him all these nut- nutritious food. And another sister was coming over and writing his life story. And mm-hmm. you know, and I thought, here I am down in Texas and I love my dad, but what can I do? And I thought, well, I can be the spiritual presence. Mm-hmm. So I would call him and I would sing hymns to him and mm-hmm. read some of his favorite scriptures and remind him of sermons. He was a pre- preacher, so I'd remind him of sermons he'd preach to me, yeah. like I'm preaching them back to him. So if we kind of take our role you and I, as the spiritual presence in someone's life, and probably a lot of our people watching also. Yeah. But figure out what your role is. Some people, it's to cook a casserole. And my gosh, I love those people, because I don't have that <laughs> gift at all. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about Martha and Mary last week. I am Mary all the way. <laughs> so I will let Martha do her thing, and yeah. then I will come and do my thing. So I think we need to kind of figure out what our role is in people's lives, too.
0: Okay. I'm just going to see if anyone is on here. Let's see. Um. Stan Copeland, our boss, says he loves this discussion. So that's good. That's good. So we still have jobs. We still have jobs, yeah. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Stan Copeland, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God why in the movies the wagon wheels that you know are moving counterclockwise appear to be going backwards and why the video is always 1.5 seconds ahead of the mouth (laughs) movement. Deep questions by our senior pastor. Um, Let's see. Oh, yes. Yeah. So some people are asking that we'll post links to the books and videos we recommend. Oh, okay. So we will. Well, so Don will... Oh, so somebody wants to watch all those sad movies? <laughs> maybe. maybe. Um, but no, books Good. and people that maybe we watch will definitely... Uh, we'll link to articles and things that we know that are, that are helpful. Um, okay. So we know that what, what's really hard, to think, about the particular situation right now is that we know we're still kind of at the beginning kind of right, of it. We know right. that... Possibly we've got another month no. minimum of this. And so um, how do we handle knowing that there's
1: more to come? I know. I keep thinking, can we just hit the peak? You know, kind of yeah. like the roller coaster. Can we just yeah. go over? Um, well, I think this is a perfect time for God to do what God does best. Okay. Um, if we will realize that the world has always been scary. You know, we could be hit by a truck going home from church today. I mean, Mm -hmm. God help me, you know, we don't want that to happen to anybody. But the world's always scary. So this is a good time to realize how to deal with fear. And yeah. to call it what it is—it's fear, and it's from the enemy. It's not from God. God does not give us a spirit of fear. I think we just had that one last week, right? Yeah. Um, so I think this is our time to grow deep in our faith. I know for my own personal story, it was going through crises that caused me to become close to God. Yeah. I didn't go to church for 20 years, and now I'm a pastor. God can work fast. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, I would just say for people out there that don't have a spiritual discipline routine, Mm -hmm. think about doing it. Uh, Think about getting some spiritual disciplines in your life that you can rely on every day. We talk about how important routine is to our kids. It's important to us, too. And uh, like somebody said once, if you were training for the Olympics, you would be doing whatever your sport was every day. So if we're trying to be the best Christians we can be, why aren't we training for that? Um, You know, I I start every day with Jesus calling. That's my little thing. And I started posting them on Facebook now because uh, a lot of people are responding, wow, I love Jesus Calling. It's like, well, it's always been out there. You can go buy it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but you know, if, if you're not reading scripture, now's a great time mm-hmm. to get on a scripture reading plan. There's you version where you can do electronic. I used to like to do that and just have somebody read it to me mm-hmm. because uh, as you're getting dressed or something, you can have somebody read you your daily scripture. Uh, now I'm, I'm not getting dressed now, so I'll maybe. <laughs> that's true. <when> <laughs> Transition in your pajamas, in you can, pajamas. can listen. Um, but yes, I think now's the time to develop some spiritual disciplines yeah. because those will help you get through times that are harder. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the virus is kind of just like practice for we're all gonna have other crises in life too. Yeah. This virus is gonna be over one day, but then there's gonna be a time you lose somebody in your family. Yeah. God forbid, we don't want that to happen, of course, but that's what grief is. It's when we're adjusting the things we don't want to happen. And um, I think the more we can just be real and um, realize that those days are coming, then we can get stronger in our faith and our yeah. faith will help us go through. I'll tell you what, when I get somebody in grief share that's that doesn't have faith, it's all the difference in the world hmm. with somebody in there that has had faith. Yeah. Uh, because the people without faith Faith kind of have to go and start at the bottom. Yeah. Whereas a person that's had faith all their lives, they may have to may have to adjust some of their theological yeah. thinking a little bit. But, um, but faith is what gets us through. It
0: really is. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think it's important. You know, again, as Christians, we're not exempt from pain and suffering and all Absolutely. Of that. Absolutely. Um, but I do think, I I have found I've been able to, I don't have the rush of getting my kids ready in the morning or mm. getting myself ready. You know. Um, if you FaceTime your Zoomy, like sporadically in the middle of the week, you'll, you'll see uh, how bad, how bad I, I can swing. To, like, <laughs> if uh, it's a morning call, I'm going to be doing audio only. Yeah, audio only <laughs> yeah. if it's a morning call. Actually, if it's a night call, I'm still not looking too good. But um, <laughs> That's not true. You're beautiful. I, I love, I've been able to sit in, in our one chair in our living room and, and read my devotion. I'm reading yeah. Bob Goff's new one. And man, just that yeah. slower pace. I've, I yeah. have felt myself... Um, just grow closer to God, Mm -hmm. and I've needed that because I've... Not that I've had a lot of anxiety, but just, you know, it, we're, we're all carrying so much. Mm-hmm. Like everyone, it's this huge yes. collective thing that we're all having to kind of put on our shoulders. And so, and what a perfect time for
1: us to be doing a sermon series called Soul Reset, right? Yeah. I thought we picked that title <laughs> a long
0: time ago yeah.
1: and God knew, God knew we were all going to need this Soul Reset. And yeah. I think that's exactly how we should look at it right now. That's what we're doing. Yeah. We're resetting our souls. Yeah.
0: Okay. So I just have a couple, few questions left, um, what is the most important thing you want people to hear today in terms of grief and hope?
1: Okay, it doesn't last forever. Okay, Our faith will help us. I think we can look to our recovery community. They've been such a blessing to me since I started doing recovery work because um, a lot of the the principles they use, the 12 steps, like we've preached on that last year too, uh, can help us get through times like this, like the one day at a time thing, you know, that we just focus on the one day at a time and uh, the now, you know, people have said that anxiety is when we're focused on the future, depression is when we're focused on the past, but happiness and life happens in the now. so the more we focus on the now um, I love the serenity prayer which is another great thing from the recovery community we can be praying that every day God give me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change Mm -hmm. we can't change anything about this coronavirus but uh, the courage to do the things we can which is to stay home and keep isolated and uh, then the wisdom to know the difference Um, so those beautiful prayers of the Christian faith and, and those things I think will help us get through this let's see what else did I have on my notes oh yeah and also just just to remember um, that just because we're going through a hard time doesn't mean you still can't have fun and can't have some joy. Yeah. You know, I think we need to look for those moments. Um, yeah. I do a suicide survivor group, and you would think that is like the hardest, most difficult group ever. But my favorite thing is when I can get them to laugh yeah. because we so desperately need to laugh. Or in funerals, I always ask for funny stories because yeah. we so desperately need to laugh in times like this. I've been going on YouTube and watching uh, news bloopers. Okay, and just having some hilarious laughs about that. Watch yeah. the Gilliland's family video. Yes. Things like
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. that's good. Uh-huh. Um, okay. So we will post some of the resources, books, speakers, people that you like. We'll put that on our Lovers Lane page so you know how to I access I got a million those. of them. <laughs> Great. And so my last question. So Jen Hatmaker, on her podcast, she always asks a question um, from Barbara Brown Taylor, which is in one of her, her books that I actually read. Um, I read in the last week or two, and she always ends her podcast saying, uh, what is saving your life? So, you know, what is saving your life? And it could be as big and profound or just something simple. What, what is saving your life right, right now?
1: Well, on a personal level, last night I played hide and go seek with my four year old granddaughter uh-huh. about andy 's age yeah in fact it 's really cool their daughter 's Andy Jane, and my granddaughter is Ani Jean yeah, how cool is that and they 're the same age so I played virtual hide oh, and seek and it was hilarious i 'd like put something up on the screen and have her come find me and she 'd find my fingers you know and uh, just things like that, playing like kids, bringing out that yeah. kid part of us, uh, but then also relying on our faith Get, getting out in nature just talking to God all day long. Um, I have kittens, uh, kitties, I call them, Um, you know, playing with our pets, just finding those little moments of joy, I think, um, in the midst of this. There's still those moments of joy. And when this is all over, I think that might be what we remember the most. Mm And uh, the scripture uh, where Jesus talked to the disciples in John right before the crucifixion and said, in this world you will have trouble, but fear not, I have overcome the world. Yeah. Just hold on to that scripture. Hold on to those beautiful songs like "Greatest Thy Faithfulness. And know that your faith will get you through anything in life. Yeah. So wonderful to be a Christian. <laughs> and let's pray for all the people that don't have that faith. Because yeah. um, my prayer is that during this time, a lot of people are developing that maybe for the
0: first time. Yeah. That's a good word. All right. Well, thank you, Don, for your time. Oh, my uh, for pleasure. Your, this for has your been time. fun. Yeah. You're a great talk show host. Thanks. I
1: think Jimmy and uh, some
0: of the others need to watch out. So, uh. Yeah, watch out. <laughs> Ellen, come on. We can do it together. Um, so we're going to sing a song and have a prayer in a little bit. Um, but I just had a couple other things I wanted to say. Um, so I know that grief is very overwhelming, kind of what we're experiencing right now. It's is a lot. Um, We have this enormous collective grief that is unlike any other time in our lives. And I've been looking for something to cling to, something uh, to help me. And I came across um, Psalm 34, um, which says this, um, I'm just going to read one part of it because it really resonated with me it's just at just the very beginning. I will praise the Lord at all times, I will constantly speak His praises, I will boast only in the Lord, let all who are helpless take heart. Come let us tell of the Lord's greatness, let us exalt His name together. And I've been clinging to this take heart because it really is this call of courage and comfort um, for all of us. Um, to take heart. I, I needed something simple. And I, I should have known that I love this phrase because seven years ago, my husband, Scott, made me this uh, picture called take heart when we used to do nice things for each other uh, before we had kids, when we had time. Um, but I love this take heart um, because I don't want to be overwhelmed. I don't want to be overtaken by all of these feelings. I want to be comforted in knowing that God is giving me strength and giving me comfort. He says, Take heart, Reagan. Uh, Take heart. Maybe you find this scripture, Psalm 34, and you say, take heart and you write your name. Take heart, comma, whatever your name is. Um, And so I hope that you're finding these moments where you are encouraged. The other night, I was uh, out on our lawn. I hope you're outside enjoying this beautiful weather. Out on our picnic blanket, playing go fish for the millionth time with Auntie Jane. And I was overcome with this joy because I looked at her feet. And I think uh, we have a picture um, of her feet. Um, And they were really dirty. (laughs) Really dirty. And I looked at those feet and I thought, man, those feet tell a story of, of life being lived. That she's playing outside for hours. We're playing games. We're inventing games. We're going on walks. And And we're making all these memories, and I absolutely treasure this time with her. And so in the commentary for Psalm 34, it said um, something that I really, really loved. It said, life will be experienced in the midst of suffering. And I see life being experienced. I see it when I play with my daughter. I see it when I wave to my neighbors. I see it on social media when people are helping one another and and interacting and calling people they haven't talked to in years. I, I see life being lived even though there's great suffering right now. And I hope you see it too. I hope that you can see life. I hope um, that you see that God is truly doing something new right now. And so take heart because God is with us and giving life.